Welcome to the Big Presentations Podcast, where we offer encouragement and guidance to those who make big presentations in small rooms. We believe that properly focused practice and preparation result in effective communications. I'm your host, Paul Gibson. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Big Presentations Podcast. Today, we're talking about something that's new to me, but I'm excited about. This is called Presentation Blockers. These are a source of stress for most presenters. A potential blocker might be keeping you awake at night, worried about your presentation, but don't worry, we are here to help. But before we get into that, let's talk about the last topic that we talked about. Just a little review. All right, all right. We talked about reducing fear by being prepared to ask good questions. So we discussed three categories of questions, the possible responses to those questions, and the best time to use the questions. You can rest easier when you know what questions to use to best connect your audience to the message. This is some good stuff. You should check it out. Absolutely. Now, Mike, I want to I want to I want to attempt this. I want to try okay. to show off my memory skills. You said there were three three categories of questions. Three categories? I think I remember what they were. What? Okay, Okay. what you got? Okay, good questions, bad questions, and shut your mouth. (laughs) A shut your mouth question. That's right. I like that. So what would they be? Would that be like a, hey, you talking to me? Yeah. Three actual categories were rhetorical. Yes. Closed. Okay. And open. Oh, Okay. Well, see, I was yeah, close with yeah. the shut your mouth. That was that was a closed question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Or maybe a rhetorical That's might right. might fall into that category as well. <laughs> tis true, tis true. Okay, so I'm gonna need to work on my I'm gonna need to like play some memory games to get better at this, but that's okay. Right. Yeah, but yeah. when we come back, we're gonna talk about presentation blockers and we're gonna learn some stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back with that and uh, have some fun. Could your organization benefit from a big presentations training? I bet it could. I mean, I've had the honor of working with both private businesses and municipalities and nonprofit organizations. And so if you have internal meetings that include updates and proposals, you should check this out. If you do sales presentations in small rooms, man, we can help you there too. Just go to mrgpresentations.com to book your training today. That's mrgpresentations.com. Today, we're discussing presentation blockers. Yeah, most of our audience members have probably been a compassionate listener for a friend who told a story that included the line, and suddenly my presentation was interrupted by, Mm -hmm. and without hearing the rest of the sentence, you can sense the frustration. The presenter wanted to send a message, but then something got in the way. A presentation blocker, an obstacle. These are an unfortunate reality, but those who respond wisely to these obstacles are impressive. And those who become distracted or defensive, well, they end up making bad impressions. So the stakes are high here. That's right. And your message is important. You want to ensure that it meets the needs in ways that build support for your idea or maybe your work. You do all that is in your control to develop that message, but you're not in control of everything. And some out-of-control elements will make it difficult for you to reach your goals. So what do you do then? <laughs> Good question. I know. I think that was that was an open-ended question, so I'm just going to run with it. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to say shut your mouth because I want to hear. <laughs> Recently, I was facilitating a training for lead workers, and the topic was communication. 
It was a great group. And the conversations were this treasure chest of observations. During that class, we simplified the communication process to three key elements, observation, consideration, and transmission. I like how these correlate to those three elements that we always talk about that, you know, the big presentations mantra, you know, know your audience, know your message, and of course, make the connection. So how do you know your audience? Well, you're observant. How do you know your message? Well, through consideration. And how do you make the connection? You guessed it, by transmitting your message. uh, Look at that. Good observation. Oh, yeah. Now, toward the end of this class, we addressed obstacles, blockers. What things can get in the way and block observation or consideration or transmission? And this is where the conversation got really intense. Because this is really where we moved from theory to application. And that's always where it becomes more difficult. Application's always more difficult than theory. So I'm thankful that the application conversations happened because otherwise it's, it's, it's easy to oversimplify communication lessons. And when this happens, it creates frustration when it comes time to apply what you think you know. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. And, and that actually triggered a memory for me of a story of a famous quote. It was 1987 in August, and the Associated Press published this article containing what would become a legendary quote. The article focused on a boxing match that was planned for October in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Tyrell Biggs, who I'd never heard of before this, had a plan to beat the heavyweight champion, Mike Tyson. I have heard of him. But the man that they call Iron Mike was not impressed with this plan. He said, everybody has plans until they get hit for the first time. But you know what? Hang on. That doesn't do it justice. Everybody has plans until they get hit for the first time. I'm Mike Tyson. I mean, that's how it sounds in my head. It may not be exactly dead on, but it's uh, it's closer. I like that. Oh, I got another example. Okay. You remember the the classic Geico commercial with... The Kimbe Matumbo, where he runs around blocking various attempts to toss any kind of object into mm-hmm. any kind of goal. Yeah. <laughs> where, like a businessman tosses a crumpled paper at a wastebasket, and there he is, swatting it down, wagging his finger, and saying with a chuckle, Not in my house. <laughs> He says that. Not in my house. And plus, half the fun of that commercial that I almost forgot about until I heard it again is him running away because he's so tall. He's so stinking tall. So just him running is just kind of hilarious. No, it's in my house. (laughs) Just ridiculous. Oh, man. Yeah. And that businessman. Oh, my goodness. He's He's just so confused and bewildered. Yeah. Like, like what happened? What do I do now? And why is Dikembe Mutombo in my office blocking my waste paper? (laughs) Oh, so any discussion of applied communication skills is incomplete if we don't talk about the obstacles, the punches in the face, the shot blockers. That's right. It's not going to be good. So let's address the three elements, you know, the blockers, the Dikembe Mutombos, and some ideas regarding how to address them. Although these probably won't work on an actual Dikembe Mutombo, but you know, <laughs> the idea is still solid. So the first category 
could be called observation blockers. So we're thinking back to that class that I taught. Mm -hmm. And when I asked the participants things that block observation, they talked about stuff like absence, tunnel vision, and distractions. So what should we think about these blockers? What should we do? Let's kick around some ideas. Okay, let's try this. Uh, So to avoid the blocker of absence, you need to be present. Oh. I'm sorry. This sounds really overly (laughs) simple, but it can be difficult to actually apply that. So we might be so busy that it's difficult, well, just to show up. We might be juggling so many responsibilities that it's hard to watch everything that's going on in the room. There might even be reasons for the absence. Try to overcome those situations rather than using them as an excuse and encourage others to function in the same way. If they need to be present, invite and encourage them to show up, not just physically, but also mentally. We want them there, too. That's right. We need to show up physically and mentally, and we invite our audience to do the same thing. That can help avoid that blocker of, of absence. Now, the another blocker is tunnel vision. At first, we have to acknowledge that it's happening, which can be difficult. I mean, by definition, tunnel vision makes it hard to acknowledge that we are having tunnel vision. It's hard to get outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we got to do that. And, and we should be open to having other people tap us on the shoulder or say something that can shake us out of it. It can be tempting for us to be defensive if we're held accountable or kind of shaken out of our tunnel vision. But we got to fight that temptation and be grateful for the chance that they are giving us to refocus on the issue at hand. And perhaps there are times when we need to offer that same service to other people so they can be present to the larger picture and not fall into tunnel vision. Right. Now, the third observation blocker is distraction. You know, the movie Up, you know, the dog that can talk. The squirrel! It's that thing. It's that thing. (laughs) So this is the opposite of tunnel vision by a lot. With distractions, your attention is, well, all over the place. It's on that squirrel. It's on the person in the back row picking their nose. It could be on anything. (laughs) Every movement, sound, or change can capture you and keep you from investing in the communication that you're attempting. It's difficult to observe a specific thing because you're trying to observe, well, everything. Oh, so to overcome this blocker, be aware of your distractions and use self-discipline to continually bring your attention back to the audience, the message and the connection. Know that you don't need to speak everything that crosses your mind. You are filtering these distractions mentally and verbally. You are staying Focused. And once again, it can be helpful if you have a trusted friend or coworker who can give you feedback um, or gently pull your attention back to where it needs to be. I like this. And we could summarize this by saying this whether you're dealing with absence, tunnel vision, or distractions, you got to be willing to receive help and provide help to overcome these observation blockers. So we talked about observation blockers. Now let's address the category of consideration blockers. So we'll think back to the class again. When I asked the participants what blocks consideration, here are things they said. Preconceived notions, overcommitment, and lack of cultural awareness. All right. So what do we do to overcome these blockers? Here are some ideas. Okay. To overcome the blocker of preconceived notions, we should be willing to listen and think about new things and new understandings. 
Be humble enough to learn about alternative approaches and recent research. This is key. Be willing to question the status quo and allow others to do the same. It doesn't necessarily require change, but it does require humble listening, a determination to understand and a willingness to change if and when it's needed. Do these things and invite others to do them too. You know, sometimes we think that if we're willing to give somebody else a voice, that means we have to agree with them and do what they want. That's not true. You can listen and understand, and that doesn't mean you necessarily have to change. That's so good. Mm-hmm. All right, so the second obstacle is overcommitment, and this one's this one's difficult to address because you might feel helpless to change this. I mean, to change the amount of work required of you, but you can change the way you think about that work and the other people involved in that work. Here's what I mean. Often, the time required for listening and considering is a matter of seconds or minutes, not hours or days. So you you may feel like you don't have time for proper consideration, but investing that time can pay off in ways that actually saves you time in the future. Those are hard for me just in general, just the whole like do it more now so you have to do less later. I, that, right, I yeah. tend to not be wired that way. So things like that are a particular challenge for me, but it's still a good idea. <laughs> now, the third yes. obstacle to consider is a lack of cultural awareness. Now, this can hurt us because we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> I know it's confusing. So when we don't know what we don't know, we can't consider <laughs> the adjustments that need to be made. And the key to fixing this is humble curiosity. That's the way to overcome Mm. this blocker. So when something seems out of the ordinary, there might be a reason for that behavior. Just a heads up. Yeah. So if someone seems to want to connect with you, but then they do something that's considered rude in our culture, it could simply be a misunderstanding. That other person might be showing you respect according to the rules of their own culture. Cultural awareness can inform our observations and lead us to higher quality considerations. That's right. And, and my brain goes to like we had talked before about how some cultures don't don't like to look directly at, in your eyes. So they look down, which for the most part, teachers and, and presenters kind of consider that as I'm bored. I'm tired. I'm probably not listening. I'm not engaged. But if you're dealing with somebody from a culture that that's rude to meet your eyes, then they're just doing what they can to try to be respectful, which is exactly the opposite of what you think they're doing. So, yeah, it's it's hard to keep in mind that not everybody was born and raised in the same manner or place that we were. And that that can make so much difference. And of course, we want our audiences to observe our content and to consider what they're hearing and seeing. Now, those first two blockers are primarily focus on the audience, the things that they are bringing to the presentation. Now, the third category, well, it's a little different. Right, right. The third category is transmission blockers. So when asked what blocks transmission, like during this class, going back to the class I taught again, when asked what blocks transmission, participants listed things like fear and intimidation, lack of skill, and distracted audiences. Now, these are different because they're mostly focused on the presenter. So how do we overcome these blockers? Well, let's hit some ideas. All right. So fear and intimidation are frankly difficult to overcome because they're mindset issues. Even when you know that fear or intimidation is unwarranted, it can be difficult to turn off those voices in our heads. So what do you do? Well, the simple answer is this. 
allow other voices to be heard. This could be your own voice countering the fear with the confidence of proper preparation and practice, or it could be the voices of other people who believe in you and can speak encouragement to you. In extreme cases, counseling might be needed to help you overcome the fear. And it's helpful to know that your fear and intimidation are not noticeable unless your voice is shaking or maybe your hands are trembling a little. But when you speak clearly and you stand tall, your fears need not distract you from your message. A lack of skill is another transmission blocker. And there's two concepts that can help you get past this hurdle. Knowledge and application. Be a learner. Seek knowledge. And there are so many great resources available to help you with this. There is so much knowledge available. So if you're unsure about something, whether it's facts or approaches, be willing to do the research. Discover new knowledge. And then pursue opportunities to apply what you've learned. The more you learn and then apply, the better you'll be. And the more confident you'll feel those voices of fear and intimidation will fade as your skill grows. The third obstacle to transmission is audience distraction. There's a wide variety of things that can distract the audience. Some are external like noises or smells, (laughs) temperatures, and just being crowded. I mean, especially, (laughs) especially now. I mean, I think we've never been more aware of just being in close quarters with somebody else than we have over the past few years. So that can be a distraction. Now, some of those are internal, like emotions, mental planning, or having a spoken word, just jog a memory loose or remind you of a task that you need to accomplish. Now, some distractions might be worthy of discussion. And maybe there's something that comes up that we can record it somehow, maybe even put it on a whiteboard or something if we're, we're if there's one available in the room where we're making the presentation. And that allows us to set it aside to talk about it at another time where it's not going to be f- forgotten. It's just not the purpose right now. Other distractions might need to be addressed right in the moment so that we can focus and move on. So a quick acknowledgement followed by a refocusing statement can be helpful in those situations. Fear and intimidation, lack of skill, and audience distraction can make transmission difficult. But you can overcome these obstacles with patient determination and a willingness to learn and apply. Whether you're facing challenges regarding observation, or maybe you're facing things that can block consideration, or even things that get in the way of transmission, there are two big ideas that can really help us a lot. One is focus and the other is adaptation. Okay, so let's talk for a minute about focus. When overcoming blockers, keep your focus on the connection. How can you connect the audience to the message? The knowledge of your audience is for this purpose. The crafting of your message is for this purpose. And the way you address blockers should retain the same purpose. When distractions occur... Stay focused. When a punch is taken or a shot is blocked, stay focused and make that connection. And now let's talk about adaptations. With that focus in mind, consider possible changes you can make and then filter them. Know your boundaries. And those boundaries are determined by time, authority, and rapport. Think TAR, T-A-R, when considering your options, time, authority, and rapport. Let's talk about time. 
when you're delivering a big presentation or simply delivering instructions to your team, time matters. You have limits in the form of predefined speaking time, product deadlines, lunch breaks. We don't want to miss those. And of course, that five o'clock bell that says it's time to go home. Use wisdom to ensure that your response is not undermined by your time limitations. Ooh, good. So that's the T in TAR. The A is authority. Know your place. When addressing blockers, ensure that you're functioning from the center of your place, of your authority. In most situations, you should not be pushing the boundaries with your responses. This can create additional distractions and additional pushback from the audience. Now, this is true whether you're threatening the authority of those over you or refusing to uphold the responsibilities of the authority that's been entrusted to you. So know when to adapt by submission and know when to adapt by assertion. Your adaptation should be appropriate for your place in the organization. Let's talk about the R in TAR. That's rapport. Rapport is an ideal relational reality. It's used to describe a relationship built on mutual trust or affinity. You should pursue both. Be trustworthy. Be likable. You cannot always achieve both when dealing with blockers, but you should make it the ideal that you aim for. When you have both, your options for adaptation are more numerous because your audience members already trust you. They already like you. Of course, you want to work to maintain that rapport, but you can relax a little more than you could if rapport has not yet been established or if the rapport has been damaged. Now, if you're characterized by honoring time limits and responding in ways that are appropriate to your level of authority, that in itself will help establish the trust side of rapport. And if you're friendly, kind, and helpful, that will help establish and strengthen the affinity side of rapport. So remember, T-A-R. Honor the time limitations. Honor the limits of the authority that's been entrusted to you and live up to the responsibilities of it. And seek to develop and uphold rapport with your audience. You know your audience. You know your message. You are determined to make connections. Even when punches come and blockers are present, you're focused. You adapt. You show that you can overcome the things that block observation, consideration, and transmission. And your fear is lessened because you're prepared not only to present, but also to overcome blockers. And as you develop a reputation for being wise in your communications and in the ways that you deal with all the different kinds of blockers and obstacles that could come your way, you will be increasingly able to deliver big presentations in small rooms. Have you been able to use some of the things that we talked about on the show? Let us know about it. Give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what information you found the most useful and made your presentation better.